Welcome down to my nine-foot homemade oak bar. Pour yourself a cold one. You are listening to Bucks in the Basement. My name's Chris, and Craig here is the biggest Pirates fan you'll ever meet. Let's talk Pirates baseball now. Welcome to Bucks in the Basement. Now I see the changes in this town. They change, they say one thing, but then the next day. Think about who had to be cleared off the decks to bring on Kutch, because I thought that was interesting. It was definitely interesting, and it, it took me by surprise at first. I mean, we've always been saying, you know, why is Ryan Valade still on this team? I still really don't know. I, I think it's an infatuation that Charrington must have with, you know, outfielders who were supposed to be good and have turned out to be not so good at this point in time. Not really sure, but when it was Miguel Anjuar that ended up being cut, the first thing I thought was, well, Kutch took his spot. Miguel Anjuar was going to be your part-time left fielder and part-time DH. Andrew McCutcheon is your part-time left fielder, part-time DH. But it was pointed out, and, and I thought about this for a second. I'm like, oh, Miguel Anjouar, he signed for, I think it was $1.525 million before like the, the arbitration, like before they had to offer the arbitration. They agreed to a contract. In Major League Baseball, contracts are guaranteed. So he is guaranteed that money. He's at four years of service right now. He can refuse the assignment, but then he doesn't get paid that $1.5 million, becomes a minor league free agent, has to like attach on someplace else, or he can accept that assignment if he passes through waivers, which... He should. He should pass through waivers with that price tag, I think. Yeah. Yeah. There's there's no way that anybody's going to pick up on that. So then he's down in our minor leagues making, you know, $1.5 million and is a Connor Joe injury or slump away or maybe even, God forbid, something happens to Andrew McCutcheon or whatever it may be. He's one step away from the majors from a team that picked him up, gave him a shot, gave him the money. So it was actually a, a fairly smart baseball move there, Chris. In the beginning, I was kind of surprised, but I, I did I did think I'm like, man, Miguel Anjouar went from being what was possibly the starting left fielder at the beginning of the offseason and then all of a sudden, you know, Connor Joe gets gets brought in and and it's like, well, he can probably play some first base too. It's like, well, no, Connor Joe plays first base. So Miguel Anjouar is, is to this, and now he was, you know, designated for assignment. So it kind of even just shows within the realm of Pirates news and, and moves that Sherrington has made that they're defining some roles and a lot of stuff has has changed around the diamond. This episode of Bucks in the Basement. Brought to you by ShopYins.com. Yins is three dynasties, one brand, the big yellow Y. It's on all the clothing, the apparel. They, they keep expanding in the new things. Uh, if you're looking for an item to get you ready for any season, ShopYins.com. A lot of teams are going out right now and signing 
In fact, it's been happening all, all offseason. A lot of minor league deals for names that normally are on major league rosters. I think that uh, there's there's been kind of a, a shift in value of certain players. Like you can look on any team's transactions across MLB, you're going to find a couple of guys that you're like, oh, that guy's always on somebody's roster, sitting in somebody's minor league and AAA, and they're backup, they're depth. It's the same thing with starting pitching. All kinds of pitching is is being set up that way with minor league deals, and and the idea is, well, there'll be an injury at some point. This guy slides in. The Pirates just did it kind of in a backwards way. I don't think anybody picks up that money. I think he makes his way back down to AAA. And then I think you'll see him before the year is over get brought back up again. And and kudos to him. He made he made a solid amount of money to start off in AAA. And, and he does have the option, of course, to refuse it. And somebody may pick up his, his option and, and steal him off to their team. But I don't think that's going to happen because if somebody does it, they got to keep him on the roster. And it feels like right now when I look at the transaction list every day coming out of MLB, the majority of guys getting signed are being signed to these minor league deals because teams pretty much know who's their 40 man. And you had to remove somebody off the major league roster, too. The idea you're going to take a guy off of the 40 man that wasn't even going to make the major league roster doesn't work because you had to you had to make room on the 26 man, not just the 40 man to bring Kutch on because he's going to play. You had to make a decision about what you were going to do and who's the guy probably least likely to be claimed for that amount of money that's attached to him. That's that's who it is. And that's where Charrington has always said that he believes that like triple A is is not that far away from the majors and it's almost like using it as a, you know, those depth options and for the feeder for the major league team, if there's, you know, anybody goes down with an injury, uh, any pitchers with like options that could be bounced up and down. Uh, we've se- we saw that last year. I, I feel like the pitching, uh, I guess, talent-wise should be a little bit better, hopefully. But it, to be looking for guys that it's like, okay, he went out and, he had to go, you know, an extra couple innings because the starter didn't make it, and he's not going to be able to pitch for the rest of the week. So we can option him down to the minors, bring somebody else back up. He obviously has to sit down there for, you know, a certain period of time, but you know that somebody else is probably either going to get tired or injured, and you're going to be able to rotate that guy back up through. I think it's actually a pretty good move. I, It's just now you're stacking guys at, at AAA. And getting that type of playing time there. And, and I before we got on the show, Chris, and we will get to it, I wanted to talk to you about, you know, the bench and playing time because you want, like, young guys to get consistent at bats, to see what they are, to see, you know, what they're made of. And, you know, you can have some role players, some some bench pieces that are good pet pinch hitters, good defensive replacements, uh, whatever it may be, you know, a guy that can give, you know, a rest day here and there and wouldn't really you know, fall off too much just because you become a professional hitter. Those there's those guys on like every single team, but even down in triple a right now, we had talked about it. I think it was last week or the week before I can't remember now, but we were saying there's like, even with like now if Andrew R clears and he goes back down there, then you have him in the outfield with Travis Swaggerty, with Kanan Smith and Jigba with possibly Cal Mitchell with, I mean, I, I'm just thinking Chavez Young, who we didn't even talk about, who we got for Zach Thompson, you know, from the Toronto Blue Jays. I, I told you when we looked it up, Chris, that it came up as Chavez, Chavez, Young uh, what young Guns, the uh, Lou Diamond Phillips character. So I didn't even know who Chavez Young even was. He's a fast outfielder 
with a decent arm and he really can't hit. So you have him in AAA. You still have Ryan Valade, who's probably going to be in AAA. So there's just like, that's where like at some point in time, some of these guys could be, you know, before the season starts, jettisoned off the 40 man. You could also, I mean, it's still at some point in time, maybe there's a minor league for minor league player trade where somebody else needs some outfield depth and and you know you we might need some middle infield depth or some you know relief pitching depth there could be a minor league for minor league trade it could be you know towards the the trade deadline that we're one of those teams that can package you know two minor leaguers together to get a major league player who we could see maybe being a part of the roster moving forward depending on how the season goes but at some point in time i mean it's got to be more, more. I guess getting rid of some of the filler. It's good to have right now, but as the season goes on, you want to see everybody getting regular at bats that that you see as being a part of the Pirates' future. Well, but here's the thing: I love what the Pirates have done this off season, and I just want to kind of try to illustrate it. First, I mean, look at the rotation in the five spots that you're expecting, like you're projecting in your starting rotation with Contreras, Hill, Keller, Brubaker, Velasquez. You, you added Hill and Velasquez in the offseason. What you did by adding the two of them is say to anybody that's not part of that fivesome, if you want to be a starting pitcher, earn it. Because there's been so many guys that have just basically gotten a shot because we're in the middle of a rebuild, we don't care how many games we lose, and let's see what you have, young man. And there's been an awful lot of second chances and third chances and guys that stay up probably longer than they should and guys getting promoted that probably hadn't fully earned it yet. And then they come up and they flounder. And then when you look at the just your 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 13 players that'll, that'll likely break camp with the team out of the 26-man roster, your 13 position players slash DHs. I mean, we got Choi added to the team, McCutcheon, Santana's added to the team, Austin Hedges in the catcher's role. Okay, Connor Joe, bringing these guys in, you're you're not winning a championship because you brought those guys in, right? I mean, they that's not bringing in a high impact player. But what it does, it tells the guys that are blocked from getting on the roster right now, earn it because when you are actually good enough, the team it will not cost them very much to move that guy out of the way. But until you're able to move that guy out of the way, that's what we have at that position. That's who's got your spot. You want your spot. Go and earn it. Like I tell my kid this all the time. Like he's uh, just to kind of let you a little bit into my world. I got a, I got a, a about to be 15 year old son. He's my middle child and he loves playing hockey. Loves it. Okay. It, like his entire Christmas list was nothing but hockey stuff. I just went to a tournament for an entire weekend for hockey. He's basically a walk on player on his high school. He's at a really good high school. That's got a really good hockey program that recruits people. And he's a walk on cause he wanted to go to the school and then he tries out for the team. In spring, when he first started hanging out with them, because they let the eighth graders start playing with them, he would have been the equivalent of on the fifth line. By, by fall, he's showing up on the fourth line, because the fifth line doesn't even exist anymore, but he was good enough to make the team. He's on their junior varsity, and he's not a recruit. You know what I tell him all the time? You want to move up? Earn it. You want to you get better? Stand in the driveway and fire pucks all day long. Okay? Go take a stick and puck. Earn it because this is competitive now, kid. You want to keep playing, you got to earn it. The response, he's already moved up a line this season. 
He's probably moving up into the into the high end of that JV next year when you look at how many people are graduating, what's happening, and the way his coaches are treating him. And every time he has a good game, I go, you got to keep pushing. You don't expect, you don't want kids to get out of your way and then you move in there. You don't earn it. You don't improve. When there's challenges in front of you, now you got to dig down deep and find a way to get better. I've seen that kid progress more this year than any other year because he has to earn his spot finally, and he has to push his way through the kids in front of him. The Pirates are doing the same thing right now with their young players. It's a different sport. It's a different level, but that's the good thing about how this roster has been constructed. I agree with that, Chris. And and one of the big things is uh, the beat writers had a chance to talk to to Oscar Marine, and we could stick with the pitching there for for a minute and pushing their way, you know, kind of onto that rotation. They talked about how they sent uh, Rowanzi Contreras and Luis Ortiz, you know, they didn't send them away, but they sent, when they went to the offseason, they gave them, like, you need to work on your off-speed pitch. And, you know, Oscar Marine came back and said that Luis Ortiz's, you know, off-speed pitch, his changeup was a little bit further along than Rowanzi Contreras. And, and that's not saying that, you know, Luis Ortiz is going to be better Rowanzi Contreras, but it's it's showing that, okay, Rowanzi's on in our rotation. Luis, you could be in our rotation. You need to develop this third pitch because you have a flaming fastball, a wipeout slider, and we would just like to you to have for a little bit of an out pitch that you can locate to make you a better pitcher. And he he's going out and doing that. I see people right now talking about like a Johan Oviedo. And they're just like, well, if he doesn't make the starting rotation or they don't start with a six-man rotation, then he can start off in the bullpen. But then you have Oscar Marine on the other side. We see him as a starter still. That's why I think that Luis Ortiz and Johan Oviedo both start in AAA, but they're going to be the first guys called upon if they can push their way past, you know, JT Brubaker, Vince Velasquez, and push those guys into the bullpen because – you don't want to like automatically just make a guy a bullpen piece. And I know we've talked about this before, Chris, where like if a guy's going to be up and he's going to make the roster, there's been times where like in the first you know, year or two, he's worked out of the bullpen just to get, you know, some major league experience, get built up a little bit different stuff like that. Chris Sale's a really good example of that. He started off as a bullpen piece and then and then became like a like an all star pitcher for multiple years. Yeah. So but with Johan Oviedo, you brought him over he had been like a bullpen piece in triple a for the Cardinals. They sent him, you know, back down to triple a to stretch himself out to be a starter. I think they view him as a starter. They would like to use him as a starter and have him into that because you know that at some point in time, I mean, the pirates were extremely lucky last year with how few injuries they actually had in their starting rotation that, you know, these guys that were getting calls were getting calls towards the end of the year, you know, after, you know, Jose Quintana had been traded. So in this part, it's like, okay, we got lucky. You know, you have Rich Hill, who's experienced some stuff with blisters. You've had, you know, Vince Velasquez, who was, you know, injured last year with the White Sox. He came in as a starter, you know, ended up being, you know, relegated to the bullpen. Well, he got there pushed. Was a piece of that. He got yeah. pushed. That was the whole thing. Velasquez was signed to a deal last year in which he could have been the fifth starter, but he was yeah. there for competition and he got beat out and then he went into the bullpen and it's very much what the pirates could be. I mean, that could be why he's there. He's the prototypical guy that if nobody pushes him out of the way is at least good enough to take the ball every five days as your fifth starter. 
but he's also the kind of guy that if it doesn't work out perfectly with the contract and the money you're giving him, you can move him into the bullpen and he can be a swing starter. So if Oviedo or somebody else wants to be the starter, go out in spring training and earn it. And that's the thing. I, I've gotten tired of the, because I see it and I know you see it too. The, the, oh, we're blocking guys. You know, you know, no, there's no such thing as blocking a guy, you know, no, you know, pressure creates diamonds, you know, when competition makes people better. If you, if you just already have a spot destined for you and it's being handed off to you in some way and you don't really have to earn it, will you ever reach the potential of what you could be? This is the next step of a rebuild. First, it was sitting around and just, you know, losing games, getting draft picks, picking up guys off the scrap heap, grabbing journeymen before they went to go work at Walmart for the rest of their life. I mean, like, this is this is what it was. Now, you're at the point where you got to bring in veterans. You got to fill certain spots up where nobody's earned that spot yet. And you have to throw the gauntlet down to your team and say, this is it. We have our core. We have our young guys that we think are going to bring their way up, and it's time to start being a ball club again. Like, this roster here is not going to get questioned by somebody like Dennis Eckersley about who are these guys. There's names on the roster now. Some of them are old veterans, but there's guys on the roster now. There, there's, 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 if you're playing for the Pirates this year, you're a Major League Baseball player. You may not be the greatest Major League Baseball player, but they're going to bring out nine guys on most days that are actual Major League Baseball players with the hope that they have budding stars and young guys that are going to come along and take those guys' jobs because they can play at a higher level. But you're going to feel the Major League Baseball team this year, which you haven't done the last couple of years. So, I mean, this is the next step of it. It's a good thing overall to have those guys sitting there forcing, making, making the young guy force his way in. But a guy like Vince Velasquez, they'll get him out of the way in a heartbeat the moment one of those pitchers proves they belong in that rotation. It's pretty smart, Chris, because, I mean, looking at the thing this year, I'm, I'm looking at, you know, of course, like Jack Swinski in in right field. I, I believe that Jack Swinski is going to be, you know, opening day starter at, you know, in right field. But you also brought in Andrew McCutcheon and Connor Joe, who have, I mean, Connor Joe for at least a little bit less time, but have actually made it and stuck with a major league roster for an entire season. Jack Swinski has not done that yet. So I th- feel like that'll make Jack Swinski a little bit better. The one piece, you know, before we got on here that I was talking about where I was kind of still confused a little bit and n- not really having a guy force his way onto the roster. And it's a player that I actually really like. It's Rodolfo Castro. Rodolfo Castro is a guy I was excited about, you know, two years ago when he was added to the 40 man and, and was brought up and hit, you know, his first five hits in Major League Baseball were all for home runs. The guy has like a ridiculous amount of power, switch hitter, not the greatest of fielders. But right now, I mean, first base is is completely filled up. You got Santana, you got Choi in a pinch. You got Connor Joe. Connor Joe was a first baseman in in college. He was, you know, he has like over 2000 innings in minor league baseball at first base. Dude can play first base. Skip over second base for a second where Castro's at. You have Ono Cruz. Ono Cruz is going to get the longest leash that he can to see if he can play the, the position. He's playing a full season. He's a prospect that even if he's not playing well, if he goes through slumps, he's playing a full season and working it out. He's never going anywhere. He's there on the team at short for this entire year, no matter what. 
And third base is Cabrian Hayes. And he's there as well. Okay, he, yeah. ain't, he ain't going anywhere, and, and you're looking for progression from both of them. But that, those guys are locked in. But the competition at second base right now is Rodolfo Castro, G1 Bay, Tucapita Marcano. It's, you don't have, I mean, I, I know that we said in some ways, like we're past certain things within the rebuild. And we've always talked about like these different measuring sticks. And right now we're talking about guys like pushing their way. Rodolfo Castro came back up, had the silly cell phone incident and be on that point performed like he could be a everyday, you know, major league player. One thing I'm thinking of here is, you know, the, the defense wasn't as great. And now with the shift being regulated, not banned, if anybody says shift ban anymore, I, I may absolutely lose my mind. It's not a ban because the other thing is, I'm going to go on a tangent here for just two seconds, Chris. Go on to the Bucks in the Basement Twitter site, search Mike Petriello. Mike Petriello did a better breakdown than I could ever do of where outfielders could play that could mimic the shift to a degree, not to the same amount. Right. You could you could move your left fielder over to play shallow right and make your shortstop play back. Yeah, there's like weight. And here's the thing is, and, and the other part is they always said that there's only, uh, there's it has to be a max, there has to be, at le- there has to be a minimum, a minimum of two players on each side of the bag. If you really, really, really want to, you could bring your right fielder up and put him where the second baseman used to sit in the shift. Like right. way over there. Right. So, and I mean, you can move your outfielders around a little bit. I mean, yeah, you could do a lot of things with the so shift. Th- with the shift. So that that's like just my little tangent right there. But also, you know, the second baseman's gonna have to have a little bit more range here. And we do we remember how bad Rodolfo Castro struggled at shortstop last year when he had to show range? Who's the rangiest second baseman, do you think? That that's a possibility for the Pirates this year? Who do you think is, if you had to pick a guy who can cover the field the best and would play, is there anybody that stands above the the rest of the pack right now if I took offense completely off the table? Leover Peguero. Leover Peguero could play second base, defensively could play second base uh, better than Rodolfo Castro, in my opinion. Rodolfo Castro plays a decent second base, actually plays a better third base, so he's a good backup for, you know, I mean, we're getting ahead of ourselves here, but for Cabrian Hayes or if O'Neill Cruz got injured, Cabrian Hayes has to go over to short. Castro could fill in there pretty well, but like defensively at second base right now, I mean, I would even say that the G1 Bay is probably a better defensive second baseman than Rodolfo Castro. Tuca Peter Marcano might be, but I trust uh, G1 Bay's bat a little bit more just because he's one of those slap hitters. One of the guys that will or could benefit from the regulated shift. Cause that's the other thing I see out there about Andrew McCutcheon is he pulled the ball 49% of the time. So that could be a good thing for the pirates. And I'm like, yeah, but he doesn't hit the ball as hard as he used to. And if you can get guys pulled over there and they know he pulls the ball 49% of the time, I, I, I have to see this in play before I can say there's certain guys. Like we talked about Carlos Santana hits the ball hard, hits a ton of ground balls. That guy could benefit. But it's not every single person that happens to pull the ball is now the greatest beneficiary. And you're going to see all these things go up by like, you know, everybody's going to go up by like 200 points or something. It's 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 kind of crazy. It's gone. The people are just like, and those are the same people that say ban the shift. So, uh, you know, it's it's weird. 
I think that the thing that's going to happen is you're going to see more defense. That or you're you're going to see second base has got to become a position where you have to be able to play defense. And and so that's that's the real problem with with Castro right now is because unless all of a sudden he's going to become a better defensive player, he he's probably on a competitive team, just a guy who roams around the infield and backs up other players. Because as as an everyday guy, if he can't feel the position and be rangy enough with the new rules, and the fact that, let's be honest, you're going to have to account for far more base dealing, I think, starting this year with the with the with the rules on the throwovers and the larger bases. The the percentages are going to go up for success. And so now your second baseman and your shortstop are moving constantly throughout the game. So there's this is now an athletic position. This is a, this is going back to how this position had to be played 50 years ago. You you can no longer take a guy who's got a really good bat and is one of your worst defensive players and stick him at second base. And just as long as he can do the transition on a double play, he can play there. Like you you have to have athletes now that play that position and can play it defensively. So you're right. I mean, when you look at second base, it feels like more of an open competition. It, but I'm okay with it because you have so many. You you, you want to find out what you have there. You have, you have a lot of things right now that really aren't an open competition. You have, I mean, sure, there's a veteran there that can be moved out of the way. That's not the same as open competition. Second base, to me, feels more like open competition right now. I mean, what, do you, what would you rather him do, though? I mean, I think you'd want to find out exactly what you have unless you plan on going out and signing Elvis Andrus uh, and having him play second base like he did last year for the back half of the season. And he's still available in free agency. You want to you want to pay him another veteran come in and then and then say until you're good enough, Pagero, that that guy's our second baseman. I don't know if I want to do that. I I think it's just more of like it goes back to that bench bat uh, of a guy that because you want Tukapita Marcano to get as many at bats as possible. A young player. You want G1 Bay, a young player, to get as many at bats as possible. You want Rodolfo Castro to get as many at bats as possible. And I guess that's not saying that you know the moves would be done, you know, once spring training starts. Maybe this is a battle in spring training and maybe a guy who, you know, just happens to be a 40-man casualty who is a veteran that can play that position. Maybe you bring him on the bench until the other guys get, you know, their slew of at-bats in AAA and then, you know, push some other players out of the way. I I could see that happening as well. So, I mean, I guess I'm okay with that being – you know, that open competition, it just kind of felt weird to me that it's like, okay, I want Casher to be the second baseman. I want him to get, you know, a good look at second base, but and I want Swinsky to be the right fielder, but it feels now that Swinsky, you know, kind of has to push Joe and he has to push on McCutcheon a little bit and get a little bit of, especially for McCutcheon, like that, this is my work ethic. This is like you know, the veteran status type thing. That's all a good thing. I do, I will say, Chris, is that looking at this roster, like you said, I'm not seeing like a, a competitor, a playoff team, something like that. But I also don't see a team that should embarrass themselves. No. And what, you, what you're going to have now is you're going to have an actual baseball team, not a baseball team that is going to the postseason, but a, but a baseball team, like a functioning team. This is the first baseman. This is the shortstop. We're not going to have some weird guy that got picked up off of waivers come in and just take your spot because every other team in Major League Baseball rejected him, right? Like, like you know who's who's on the depth chart, and these are the guys you got to fight off, and these are the guys coming for your job, and this is the guy you got to get by. And, and, and that's the way the organization, if it's going to be successful, has to eventually be set up. And that's a good thing. I mean, look, 
The the best example I can give to people that worry about, well, what's going to happen to Jack Sawinski? Or what's going to happen at second base? Or what about this other guy who I think should get major league at bats? I want you to look over at the Seattle Mariners, and I want you to look at Jared Kalinick. And then I want you to look at what he does in AAA, and then when he gets to the majors, how much he sucks. The, <laughs> the, the Mariners have sent this guy up and down so many times. He can't figure it out. He's like 1,100 OPS when he's in AAA. And he, and he can't hit the ball in the majors. It's, it's, it's an absolute paradox. And, but you know what they're doing? They're realizing that we can't wait on the kid, right? Yeah. They, they, they brought in other outfielders, and there's competition, and if he doesn't earn it, he doesn't earn it. He's just the prospect that almost made it, that didn't make it, or he gets traded away to somebody who thinks they can fix him, or he fixes himself, or whatever it is. That's a professional baseball team that's another step or two ahead of where the Pirates are, where you want to get and the only way you get to that point is if you start laying the base that you're laying right now. You have professional baseball players that go out and feel their position, know what they're doing, a couple of veterans mixed in to help out the young guys, competition on the field, competition in the system. And and now that 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 is the next step. You know, this is a team that, honest to goodness, could, could go 500 this year. This is a 500 baseball team if everything breaks the right way. Right. I mean, what, what did we say for the last couple of years? I wanted to get to this year and I wanted to be a team that competed for a 500 that that actually played some exciting baseball that went on a run. Wouldn't it be great if they got, like, got out of the box and we were laughing and made at somehow that they were only a couple games out of first place in that division. Right. I mean, we know they're not going to get there, but it'd be kind of fun. Like, that's what yeah. I'm kind of hoping for this year. Development and learning how to win games instead of being a team that everybody's like, well, they're going to lose 100 this year. You don't want to be that anymore. Yeah, and the one thing I want to mention, Chris, before we get out of here, and I know we're getting a little bit short on time here, is that uh, the Pirates, I mean, they did do something. Uh, I know, you know, two years ago, Joey Cora was the man with, like, the rubber arm waving people around, and people hated that, but everybody talked about how much he worked with the team on defense. And, and last year, they didn't have him in the infield to work on defense. And you saw the defense suffer, you know, to a degree. They did bring up Mendy Lopez, he was the hitting coach down in low A Bradenton, and they brought him up specifically to be the, the infield coordinator uh, to take some of those duties away from Donnie Kelly because they realized that that's going to be a pretty big issue this year. And, I mean, if you can read the writing on the wall, it's not as much working with Brian Hayes. I don't think you can teach G-Man Choi or Carlos Santana too much more. It's got to be a lot of the focus on, you know, what's going on with Rodolfo Castro, G1 Bay, and to Capito Marcano over there, and of course, you know, Ono Cruz at shortstop. Now I see the changes in this town. They change, they say one thing, but then the next day.